0: Hey, this is Derica, your host on the Happiness Recipe Show 2.0, where top experts are sharing their personal stories of breaking through their own fears and resistance into living their happy life and how you can do the same. I'm very excited to welcome and talk to our expert today, Karen Swain. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Derica. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, uh, if you haven't met Karen yet, I'm going to go into her bio so we can get to know her a little bit more. And then we'll dive right into those magical questions. Okay, so here we go. Karen Swain is a teacher of deliberate creation, spiritual mentor, educator, host of Accentuate the Positive Media, author of Return to Love and Awakened by Death. And an inspirational speaker who, wait for this, activates, accelerates, assimilates, and accentuates the new world teachers. Woo! A lot of power in those A words. (laughs) Loving it. She supports the light weavers and difference makers, bringing in a new dawn of reality, enlightening you to the power of your thoughts and beliefs how they create your reality, and how you can live in alignment with your emotional guidance system. This is a guidance on a cosmic scale. Remembering your connection to your spiritual teams, multidimensional selves, who you are, why you are here, and how you help this world. Karen is one of Australia's foremost thought leaders and change agents, showing you the way to a happier, healthier, more connected, multi dimensional life. Woohoo! <laughs> oh,
1: darling one, you did such a great job of reading that. That's really cool. You did really well. I'm thinking, it's really interesting when other people read your bio. I'm thinking, wow, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Who is that? Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know it. when when you're designing your bio f- uh, you know as a teacher you've got to really uh, investigate who you are and what you offer this world that in itself is a personal growth workshop it's like that took years to get that to that point yeah. yeah it's interesting isn't it
0: i bet you know and you and i and i read so many of these lovely bios um and and even on my own i think about it does take years it's mm-hmm. this evolution of of this becoming and all the things that you've got to journey through. It's kind of like blah, right here on the paper. So there's rich history and wisdom in these bios. Like, yeah. wow. Oh. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Karen, jumping us in, tell us your story. Really? What, what led you to be doing all this beautiful stuff that we just said here?
1: Well, I think like most people's lives, it's an unfolding story and it's still unfolding and uh, you have little clues along the way. So I'm just one of those kids that's asking my parents a million questions, questions that they do not know the answers to, nor are they interested in the answers. Like uh, we were not religious at all. The only church I really knew was going to weddings and funerals. We didn't really go to church or have a religious. I went to a secular school that did teach scripture actually uh, as a subject um, but it wasn't a religious school. It was like a secular school, a non-denominational school. So we had a choice of which scripture we wanted to learn. We could learn, we could learn any religion. And I'm asking questions like, why does a baby need to be baptised? It doesn't make sense that someone's born in sin. I don't get that. How does that work? And I'm asking these questions to my parents who are not interested in these subjects, and they're going, I don't know, I don't know. So yeah. mum gets sick with cancer when I'm a teenager and then she dies. And so my questions got even more intense, like why do you get sick? What, how, why do you, what causes you to get sick? And when you die, where do you go? Like I, I didn't ever think that we stopped living after death. Like that was never, nor did I ever entertain the thought that there wasn't such a thing as reincarnation. There were some truths that I came in with as a child or as a soul that I never thought was not true like I always knew that there was life after death and that there was reincarnation that was just I don't know why I knew that but I knew that so I started investigating and asking more questions if you if you go somewhere when you die you must be there before you get here like where is that place and what happens there so just Mm -hmm. about a million questions and I started reading a lot of books and going to see a lot of you know spiritual gurus and psychics and mediums and all sorts of things just on an ever expanding quest to answer my questions but also I was being answered those questions were being answered in my dreams mom kept coming to me in dreams telling me she didn't die (laughs) and and I would be like in the dream it would be like I I didn't know I was dreaming I thought I was awake and alive in my life and it wasn't until I woke up in the morning did I realize that I was actually in a dream have you ever had a dream that's so real you don't know you're dreaming oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah So she would say, I know no, I didn't die. And I'm like, you didn't die, but where have you been? Like it was just so confusing, but I had so many dreams like that. And then other friends of mine died. I had a friend who died of thalidomide um, complications. There was a drug in the 60s called thalidomide that was given to pregnant mothers for a morning sickness, and a lot of babies were born deformed. Do you remember that? You mm-hmm. might be too young to remember that. There's probably only about, probably only about 20 of them still alive, or maybe 40. Anyway, but um most of them died young and my girlfriend died at 40. She um from complications from the illness that she contracted. So she came to me after um she died and told me she wasn't dead and my best friend committed suicide. She came to me afterwards and told me she wasn't dead. All these people kept telling me, you know, you don't you know you don't die. So mm. that's what the book Return to Love is about. It's about the fact that um we can return to love here in this world and we don't have to die to get there because when you do die you return to this place of unconditional bliss and love and all that stuff that we're looking for in this world you know like people are seeking happiness what they're really seeking is they're seeking their connection to who they are and where they come from and all that's available here you can return to that without having to die to do that so that's what the book return to love is all yes. about
0: Oh, whoa, whoa, Karen. This is powerful. This is amazing. I know, uh, you know, a lot of us are like, oh, oh my goodness. Because there's, we've all, because this is who we are, we've all experienced these very uh, intuitive moments and these really deep, realistic dreams. And we can't even believe we wake up when we're like, what? We're dreaming. Uh, We, I don't want to say we all like I'm speaking for everyone, but I know everyone I know and have talked to and I've had thousands of clients all have had said something very similar to this about someone passing, speaking to them, or they've had some sort of conversation outside of themselves. And, you know, this, just this soul kind of search, deep knowing with our spirituality, with our bigger selves some flavor of that, you know, so what you're saying, it doesn't creep me out at all. Like I, I have a lot of these experiences all the time, you know, all the time. So it's, it's just powerful as I'm looking at you and hearing you speak with such grace about it and such confidence about it. It's just, it feels really good. And I hope that's what the audience is getting to just like some peace with it.
1: Well, I think we all have these experiences, but we dismiss them. We all have intuitive knowings, um, psychic ability. We all communicate with our dead loved ones. You know, I'm I'm so reverent about death now because I understand that there is no such thing as death. It's just um, it's just a continue on of the journey of life, just not in this reality, in another reality. So when people die, I always ask my um, friends or or strangers when they've had a death of a loved one. So have you had a conversation with them lately? And inevitably I'll get things like, no, they're dead. <laughs> and I'll go, yeah, have you dreamt about them or have you seen flickering lights or have you thought about them? Have you had any sort of, like, feelings that they're around you? And always, always, always people will say, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because no one has this conversation. So they're not recognising it or... Um, giving it any importance, they're just saying, oh, I'm thinking of mum today or, um, oh, I had a dream about her last night or, you know, they're just, they're not making it a reality. It's just a fantasy or they're not understanding that these sensations and messages that we're getting is, is are real, are real.
0: That, that leads me to this moment. One of the biggest fears that humans suffer from is the fear of death, right? Right. And so speak to that person right now that's, they're so afraid of dying. They're afraid of what comes next. They don't know that. I mean, that's something I've, I've had a lot of friends that had that legit fear. You know, I, I like you though. I've never felt like this was it. And I know there's so much more. So I've kind of been at peace with that. And I, I feel that way. I don't know why, but I just do. Um, but th- that is a real fear for people. And have, did you ever at once, you said you never felt that fear? Of dying, right? You or have you?
1: I think we all feel the fear of dying, but I don't think the fear of dying is the fear of dying. I think it's the fear of living. I I think that there is a survival fear that we we marinate in in this world, and we're bombarded with it in every message we see on every media outlet, whether it's a Hollywood movie or, you know, anything. At the moment, that that fear of dying has been ramped up to the nth degree as we've been given a narrative that there is some deadly pandemic disease that's going to kill us and so people are terrified that they're going to get sick and and they're going to die. It is such a huge thought form in this world. And um, when you overcome that fear of death, you actually learn to love life and be happy in life because that that fear of death underpins every other fear. every other fear is that that fear of death. So when you're worried about money, for instance, there is a survival thing: Will I survive? You know will I survive? Will I have enough money to survive? Can I eat? Can I survive? So it's underpinning every fear and 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 so I think that's a rare person that doesn't engage in that fear in some aspect of their life that survival fear and uh and when you realize that it's bogus you know then you're afraid of nothing what what are you afraid of like what's the worst thing that can happen if you look at it what's the worst thing that can happen I'll die and so then what happens then I return to love and you know I'm having a lovely time so is that such a bad thing and Mm -hmm. and yeah so the cats come to say hello and drink my water yeah Yeah, so uh
0: when i think about that because i i've thought about fear of dying and then it go or i thought like dying and then a slight fear would come through i think because it was the unknown right? It's like the unknown, kind of we're not taught or there's no book, like a proven book or something that is, you know, in our human selves, sometimes have to know these things. Um, but then it would it be a flyby for me. But some folks that may be watching right now, they're scared to leave their house. Like they, they're holding, they're playing really small in life because they that it's so big, it's so just invoking anxiety and all these other kind of feelings inside themselves because of this fear of dying that, like you said, is the surface of a lot of different fears. How is it that, what would be a a breaking point, a breaking through point where someone could be like, oh, this fear of death is bogus, you know? Yeah. What would that, like, if you could speak into that person right now, that has that major fear of dying in them, what would you tell them?
1: Oh, that's a big question. It's quite personal for most people. Uh, Look, I I suppose if you're agoraphobic, if you can't leave the house,
0: um,
1: when when you boil it down, when you look at the surface fears and you go, okay, if that happens, then what happens? And if that happens, then what happens? And if that happens, then what? And you keep boiling it down. And, and then you, you look at the, wor- the worst fear, like what's going to happen? I'm not going to survive. What's going to happen? I'm going to die. It usually underpins every fear. And yeah. then what happens when you die? Then you start investigating what happens when you die. And when you start investigating what happens when you die, you realise there is no death. As, as everyone who ever died came back to tell me, you know, starting with mum when I was about 16, she yeah. came so many times to tell me there is no death. There is life and then there is more life. So fear and death can put you on a spiritual journey if you allow it and that's why i wrote the book um, awakened by death it's people's stories of how their death they've died and had an mde or they've had the de- a tragic death of a loved one like uh there was a little five-year-old shot in a school shooting there was a mother who had her 21 year old son commit suicide kill himself and Um, There was Dave who had his 13, 14-year-old daughter was blown up in the Bali bombings in the early 2000s. And and so this, this death thing, when you look underneath every tragedy that we ever go through, it brings you back to a spiritual journey it makes you ask questions just like the death of my mother made me ask questions more questions i was asking questions before but when she died i'm asking more questions bigger questions more meaningful questions and as you ask those questions and seek those answers you end up on a spiritual search a spiritual journey Mm. and if you allow it 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 is the it is the biggest blessing of your life because you arrive at the the answer is we are love. We are infinite, incredible, intelligent, infinitely intelligent, wise, um, creative potential. We are an extension of the source. We are here uh, having a physical life adventures. But we, we are soul. We are spirit who is infinite and, and comes from love and comes from light. And, and when you understand who you are as soul or spirit or an extension of the source and you understand your true nature, all yeah. those fears that you have about anything cease to be important when you really identify with your true nature and not the ego's nature, which is has been created to experience separateness. Separateness to what? Separateness to the source or separateness to your true nature or separateness to, to love. So yeah. we feel separate from each other. We feel separate from, you know, when we stress about anything, it is an idea of separateness. If I'm stressing about money, I feel separate to my um, to feeling supported or abundance or my worth. If I feel lonely, I feel separate to the human race. So, you know, the ego was created by our soul to experience this world of separation when the truth of us is unity. And when we remember and we return to that truth, then happiness and joy becomes the only aspect of your life you can live. I think everyone's looking for happiness in the things that we can create in this world. So I can create, like happiness can be laughing with friends or having a great meal or going on a holiday Mm -hmm. or buying a new outfit or a new car or a new home or giving birth to a baby. There's so many things that we can explore happiness in this world. But pure joy, which enables you to have happiness all the time in everything, in the little things, in the joy of washing the dishes and vacuuming the house, you know, the joy of the little things, feeling the heat of the water on your hands as you're washing the dishes and going, oh, isn't that gorgeous? Feeling the, feeling the wet of the rain on your face when it's raining. Yeah. Uh, is when you reconnect to the truth of who you are and you're not looking for happiness in this external world.
0: Uh,
1: And so, yeah, so there is two forms of, you know, I'm bringing it back round to the subject of this, you know, (laughs) expo, which is happiness, the true happiness is that reconnection to the truth of who you are and living that identity, living in unity with your soul or your source, which means that you feel unified with everything. You feel unified with the computer, with the trees, with the earth, with the water, with nature, with the rain. You feel unified with every other human being. There's nothing to fear inside that uh, experience. There's nothing to fear. Fear becomes... Fear becomes an illusion that you appreciate because it's an experience you can't have when you're dead. (laughs) Mm. It becomes an experience that we have here in this third dimension, uh, but it's not an experience you have in other places. So you can uh, appreciate it. You can appreciate all that we experience here on earth and all that we live, the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Right, right, yes. Yes. I know this is resonating with so many of us. So it's um, when we are faced with these barriers, you know, these different fears and resistance in this dimension, in this experience, what it really, if you're boiling it down, getting down to, to I don't know if you want to call it the root. I don't know what language you're using, but if we're getting it down and we're like, what really is this? And you begin to ask questions and you begin to investigate. I love how you said when you start investigating these things and seeking these truths out of who you are, and what this is. All of those other things that really don't matter (laughs) start to just naturally break down and release and melt away when you hone in on the truth, when you hone in on who you really are. And I love that, it is that spiritual awakening, that enlightening journey that we hear so much about, you know, Um, that's, that I think, I mean, I I love that. I'm trying to get what someone may say to that is, um, I don't know, I remember back, way back in the days, it was like, who do I believe? You know, I had my own feelings, I had more insight and intuition. I felt like you as a child, I would just speak to entities and, and have conversations with I don't know who. And, um, but even then it was like, where do I, there's so many spiritual gurus and there's so much information out there. You know, I remember at one time sitting in so much confusion of who do I listen to?
1: Yeah, but that's great. <laughs> because in that confusion, it brings you back into the wisdom of self. I mean, stop listening to the people outside you. Yes, listen to them in In that. That's interesting. What do you have to say? Like you're interviewing people, right? That's interesting. Who are you and what do you have to say? So I've been doing that for 12 years. Well, actually more like 20 years because I used to run facilitate the Academy of Light and every Monday night we'd have a different spiritual teacher come and give their piece of the puzzle, right? And uh, I would listen to them and I'd take a piece of the puzzle, not necessarily taking their whole Uh, jigsaw you know picture but just a piece of their jigsaw and and put it in my jigsaw you know like what's true for me Uh, that resonates with me and that resonates with me and that resonates and as you start taking these puzzle pieces from all these different gurus you create your own picture so uh, confusion is a great thing too so you know Esther Hicks says that there's three parts there's three components to the creative process the first one is ask As you ask, you summon the energy that comes to answer what you're asking for. So we are asking all the time, like just that confusion that you said. It gets so confusing. That is an asking. Who can I trust? Like that's an asking. And as you ask, you're summoning the energy that is bringing what you're asking for. So your guides are saying, trust yourself. Trust your intuition listen to people but trust your intuition and if what they say resonates with you then take a bit of that if it doesn't leave it alone so confusion is such a delicious state to be in because you're summoning that inner wisdom from within instead of seeking it outside yourself Uh, and um, it's a bit of a catch-22 oxymoron because you know both are true seek but also listen So seek from others but listen to yourself. So I've been, like you, interviewing people and putting people on my show, having conversations with them for years and I love listening to people's stories and I will take from it what resonates with me, with everything that I'm listening to. I'm listening to my inner guidance first and I'm querying them. I'm saying, is that true? Really? Tell me more about that oh that makes sense really is she right really so I'm having a conversation with my I call it the mob you know with my guides with everything someone's telling me if I don't know it on my conscious level I will ask them is that true so I never take anything that anyone says at face value I will always check in with my guides and say really and if they say yeah that's true and I go I don't understand that how's that work they'll tell me more I'll get more information Mm -hmm. than the person I'm talking to so it's so, it's so great because it, it you you go within yourself and you learn to listen to your inner guidance, which is the only guidance you should ever listen to, really, yeah, is your own inner wisdom.
0: I love that because we're all going to go through the I call them breakdowns, well the breakdowns are for breakthroughs, so in those moments, uh, yeah. you know confusion, scary, anger, sad, melancholy like where wherever our breakdown is, it's that moment where I think it is a delicious point because. We're sitting in it and in that moment is a grand opportunity to go deeper within ourselves. It's, it's just a place where we can expand bigger than we ever could have before that moment. Just right there. And I know people are like, are you crazy? That moment sucks. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. In, that, in that you're about to dive deep and you're gonna ask yeah. these questions and you make decisions in that space. Right, it's like that. But, is, it really is a delicious place to be in uh, when you view it like this. Yeah, it's absolutely. a powerful place.
1: Yeah, and that's where joy becomes the dominant frequency of who you are in this world. So you're so filled with joy that you know that everything that you experience here in this earth—the good, the bad, and the ugly—serves you, as the as Wayne Dyer famously said, mm-hmm. or Byron Caddy, or many teachers. They say, you know. Uh, life doesn't happen to me; it happens for me. Yeah. And so, this is something my daughter went through a really uh, challenging year last year. Her house burnt down in the Australian fires, and then she got bitten by a shark uh, at the end of last year. And and you know, her satin return. So she went through this big, you know, she's like coming up to her twenty eighth birthday, and I'm like, ooh, you're coming up to your satin return. And uh, I said, I wonder what's going to happen. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> and you know, before all this stuff happened, when when drama hit you know when challenges hit i would say what are you learning from this you know how Mm. are you growing how are you expanding from this and she would inevitably say oh shut up mom (laughs) leave me alone i just want you to listen to me i just want to complain and i want you to go there there poor girl sorry you know that's terrible Mm -hmm. but i don't do sympathy because sympathy says you're a victim sympathy says you have no power in this sympathy says that this is happening to you not for you and empathy is different empathy says Oh, God, I know how you feel. That sucks. I felt like this too. But how are you growing from this? How are you expanding? And so after she's been through more trauma than she could ever imagine, now when she comes to me with complaint and I say, so what did you learn from it? She goes, oh, well, I learned this and I learned that and I learned, you know, so she's really getting it. And so and so, the traumas in your life cease to hold as much pain because you know that it's happening for you and not to you and you can shift your focus from the pain the physical pain and the trauma and like put it on what am I learning what am I um you know what what questions are are sort of shooting out of me and what am I summoning that is coming to meet that Mm. and uh yeah so life becomes a joyous adventure instead of peaks and troughs of happiness and sadness and happiness and sadness. So happiness dependent on what's happening around you and how you're feeling in that moment and then and letting what's happening around dictate how you feel. Mm-hmm. You become the deliberate creator of how you feel and experience this life and that's what deliberate creation is all about. It's yes. not about being deliberate and creating uh, a great life like big houses and fast cars and great holidays Um, You can create all that too if you want it, but it's about being deliberate and how you flow your energy and how you feel in any moment and how connected you are to your power and your source in any moment, regardless of what's happening. Yes. Happy for no reason.
0: (laughs) Happy for no reason. Happy because that's who we are. It's like this. um, So I can sense, you know, I remember a time in my life and some folks might be saying, okay, our house burned down. Or we just got in this major fight, or whatever you know, something happens. We get this big mail, big bill in the mail, and the old me would go, oh, right, it just oh man. And we want to, you know, sit in our poopy diaper, and we want to complain about it, and tell everybody about it, and that that brought us a, a validation and recognition and attention. It brought us a lot of things, so we get used to that. Um, and the pivot point of, of where it's going here and that that contrast is brought to us to birth this clarity. And so, yes, it looks bad. It looks terrible. And, and getting to that point where you could be in a challenge, be in a bad situation and look at it like, oh, why are you here? Why did this happen? What am I learning? What's coming? You know, yeah. when something leaves your life, what's coming then? You know, it's almost like, what? Like, is that possible? absolutely possible it is but it, it is not overnight but it is possible
1: mm. well yeah unless it is overnight I mean there have been people that have taken lifetimes to get this like lifetimes yeah. maybe thousands and then there are people that just go got it
0: <laughs> there there is I there is there's something in my life where I'll say nope I'll make a decision and then boom I'll have it uh, it's rare is rare, but some things take practice. I, I think of it like, look at our babies, look how we're born, you know, we don't just get up from crawling to walking. It takes a couple of times falling down, a couple of bumps on the head, <laughs> some, some things happen. But eventually those contrasting, challenging, painful, unhappy moments, you'll eventually see the deliciousness in them, you yeah. know, and why they're coming to us and how they're really not bad. There just is, and they're happening for some greater purpose.
1: Some, some, for some greater purpose, and often they come to answer an asking. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, my daughter was living in a community down south and really earning no money and had no money, and and so she there was a constant asking for more money, more money. How can I get a, you know earn more money? More? And then the Australian fires hit, and the whole property just like the, the fires just swept through the whole property, and and the 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 town next door burnt down. It was. It was. She was right in the thick of where the, the fiercest part of the fires were. Mm. Uh, luckily, she actually was not there at the time. She it was. Um, it was. It was New Year's Eve actually, and she was up uh, in another part of Australia, up the north, um, mm. celebrating New Year's Eve with another community of people. So she was lucky that she wasn't there during the fires, yeah. like the worst part of the fire. But what's really interesting, the Australian government was really generous in helping the people that were affected by the fires. And then her father started a um, a GoFundMe campaign. And so all of a sudden she's got all this money that she'd never had before from the government and from people donating to her to help her. And it's so interesting. It looked like devastation because she lost a lot of stuff, right, and some art and precious things. But... um, Now she's got what she'd been asking for. It's really interesting how sometimes the devastation actually answers a prayer or an asking. It's so interesting. Um, But do we have to lose in order to gain? Um, What did we really lose anyway? Did uh, Did we lose stuff? Or, you know, like what are we going to put our focus on, what we lost or what we're gaining? And that's the choice that we've got, right? Where is the focus going? Am I putting it on what I've lost, what I've lost, what I've lost and being sad about that? Or am I looking at what have I gained, what have I gained, what have I gained? Not just material gain. What have I gained? What do I know about myself, how resilient I am? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the choice that we are given in any moment is that power of decision that power of choice and power of focus yeah do i accentuate the positive or do i accentuate the negative
0: right <laughs> which one you guys we gotta we gotta do some self-reflecting here yeah. and also I invite you to look at those because if i think about challenging times in the past like i remember how my car was totaled and it was uh, right around the time i was like getting married and we had this honeymoon in Europe, all over Europe planned and all that. And I'm like, oh man, I really need some more money. <laughs> there was just a point where we're like asking for cash, you know, and then my car gets told. I'm like, what? At that time, it was like this terrible thing, but it was really That actually brought like 15 grand at the time, this total of the car, which was what exactly what we were needing for all this other stuff. I got a new car. Like at the end of all of that, you know, there was this beautiful birthing. So I love how you did bring that up because I know all of us can look back in life and and what was once something terrible. We actually seen it made room for something that we were, were requesting right and better so that that's that's powerful piece I love that
1: yeah wow yeah it also took her you know she was down the south coast with this group of people trying to create this sustainable community and it wasn't working yeah. because egos get in the way oh I'm just looking it says eleven eleven, 11 and um, that's the thing about all these people are coming together to create sustainable communities and then egos get in the way you know it's my way or the highway they don't work in collaboration with each other they're all these power mm. struggles anyway and that was happening in her little tiny community there was only really three of them on the property and so the fires just put an end to that yeah. uh, when instead of the struggle of had to and then took her on other adventures where she was out to see pan the pandemic hit soon after that you know and
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was working for a guy here in sydney and Uh, he has a charter boat on Sydney Harbour, takes people out in the harbour and in winter they go out to sea and do these adventures and make these documentaries. Mm. And so when the pandemic hit, he's like, right, I can't run my business because we can't, you know, have parties on Sydney Harbour because we can't come together anymore. So let's let's just go early. We'll go out to sea early. And they called it Escape into Isolation. So a small crew got on the boat and then they went out to sea while everyone's you know, masking up and isolating here and in, in on uh, on the land. They're out to sea with the dolphins and the whales. <laughs> it's
0: so wild how
1: it all unfolds. It like, is, isn't it? Life is yeah. a fabulous adventure if we just allow it. It's so amazing.
0: That's you know. the thing, right here, allowing it and uh so that's the piece of this why this show is about here in season 2 is releasing that resistance not you know paddling upstream not but, focusing on those things you know that are creating these very unhappy feelings within our being and our experience so i love like i'm going to ask for some happy hacks from you in a bit but i already love what you already gave us as far as like dive deep start asking questions investigate more you know, uh, how are you looking at the situation is also very powerful. It can look daunting, but what's underneath that or, or around that? You know, even taking a break from the dauntiness and say, okay, you know what, let me give this a week or so and then <laughs> come back to it, you know. Um, is also very powerful. So, Karen, if, um, let me see right here. Um, do you have, I know I, I left testimonials and personal stories are just, so exciting for us all. Do you have, um, a, I know you work with clients. Do you also work individually one-on-one?
1: Yeah, both? I do.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a story you can share with us um, of a person who was stuck in the resistance? She was stuck in that maybe fearful state of being or oh, some God. hardship in life and, and how you were able to guide her through and like her story on that. Oh, for his, I don't know, a person. I do. I
1: have so many. Look, I've just had a, I've just had someone do my twelve week um, personal course. Like we come together once, uh, once a week for twelve weeks, and mm-hmm. um, you know, she was someone who was a life coach. She'd done all the certificate life coach training. She was so educated up, and um, she'd done marketing courses and everything. And she put herself out there to um, uh, to start her work, and she found that it, it wasn't happening. And so she went very um, sort of resistantly, went back into the family business because the family has a big business and it was there and, you know, if she needed money or a job, there it was. And so she went back into the family business feeling like a failure. Uh, I'm doing something working in IT that I don't want to do. I want to be out there helping people. So she had this real desire to help people. Mm. And then she started having these sessions with me and in that 12 weeks her whole life transformed. I, I don't want to go in too much into it because it's personal, but she got in touch with her guides and started channeling these exalted wisdom she started a blog called wisdom from my dog because she got in touch with the higher self of her dog because she well, s- we started talking about the dog and then in meditation she met the higher self of her dog and he was talking about his past lives and how that dovetailed with the family and oh my god it was amazing what was happening to this woman yeah and she realized that um, the company actually provided, it had hundreds of employees. Um, you know, there was an audience sitting right there in front of her uh, f- that were looking for her life coaching skills. And her brother was the CEO of the company. And so she went to the brother and, um, you know, get, said, I have this desire to sort of help people. And he said, right, well, then we'll mark, make you a part of HR, you know, human resources. And so she got this, she became the head of HR and she has hundreds of employees that she now can administer to with her mindfulness courses and, and mm. training programs. And so here she was at the beginning thinking I'm I'm a failed life coach and I can't get it together. And yeah. then a few weeks later she's got hundreds of people now looking to her for advice and she's totally connected to her, her source of wisdom, which is that wisdom inside yeah. because she was nervous to sort of... Mm speak to so many people the first session we had I said I see you speaking in front of hordes of people she was just thinking I just want this one-on-one you know like just one-on-one coaching thing and I'm like no you're not you're talking to you know hundreds of people and that was she was really nervous about that but when she realized that she's always guided like all of us are that, and if someone and she doesn't know anything, all she has to do is tap in, and she's got that exalted wisdom flowing through her. Yeah. that what's to be nervous about? It's often not us teaching or speaking. It's us being connected to that infinite intelligence, and that flows through us. And so yes. there's nothing to be nervous about. We don't have to remember anything. We just have to turn up in trust and be in the moment and open and allow, whoever that exalted wisdom to speak through you yeah like your guides the angels the ascended masters like whoever comes to you know as you summon they come to meet that asking so as Mm -hmm. you're asking the energy comes to meet that yes so yeah her life changed dramatically
0: (laughs) that's (laughs) huge that's so beautiful like this is what it, it really is. You know, we can be in that rut and then we open up and you're asking. Like you're asking for support. She actually got a mentor, a coach, a guide, you know, being there with her, which is absolutely beautiful. I recommend everyone to do that. Um, but then here it comes, right? It, it's given. It
1: was, it was so funny because she's a, she's a, she has a sister who had a coach as well and um, she didn't want to be with her sister's coach but she said the first after the first day of my coaching she was like she was really pissed off she's like oh you know this this coach that i've got is asking me to tune into the wisdom within me instead of her bringing me that wisdom she's like i've paid this coach to bring me that wisdom and <laughs> and you know it was so she was sort of in the complaint the first the first time thinking she's she's busting my balls you know because she's yeah. making me work for it instead of just bringing the answers to me i ask and she answers mm-hmm. but you know you you don't you don't have a coach that's around all the time right so you might reach out to a mentor or someone yeah. for a period of time but what every mentor or coach should do is get you connected to your own wisdom so cuz your own wisdom is with you all the time Yes. All the time. So if you're reaching out to coaches and spiritual guides and gurus, and, and they're the master, and they're bringing you all that wisdom, I would run in the other direction. Yep. A true master is someone that gets you connected to the wisdom within you.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's the, the definition of, of educator. If you look that back, you look at it it's just pulling that guide or that coach is really pulling the wisdom up that's Mm. within you. Mm. Um, That's very beautiful. I always tell like any of my clients that come to me, just fix me. I'm like, no, you're not broken, first of all. (laughs) And you got it all here. I'll cheerlead you on, you know, but it is, it's all within us. You know, what just came to me in a moment is that in this moment is some people are totally freaked out by the word Guides or that they're they're being spoke to by some other person or entity or thing what would you i'm just curious on what you would say because i've heard a lot of things but what would you tell that person that's like uh, talking to some is that loony is that crazy well to tell you the truth Derek, that's
1: not the that's not the tribe i attract so, um, as I say, I attract the new world teachers. So, I attract people from a certain you know, like attracts like thought, thought is the same. Like thought attracts like thought. And so people that are not up for that conversation are not the people that listen to me or watch my shows. yeah, they're the people asking, uh, they're the people asking the same questions that I was asking as a young girl, like who are we, where do we go when we die, um, can yeah. I speak to people who have died, you know, like. So if you're if you're entertaining the thought that that you can speak to someone who's not in the physical body, whether that's a dead relative or friend, then there is a spirit that you want to speak to. So if they're there, there are other spirits there too, like who are they, how do they, what relationship do they have with me? So they're the people that I'm speaking to. Um, They're not freaked out about that conversation. They're totally up for it. They might have questions and they're unsure about it. I remember talking to my my sister-in-law who wasn't up for this conversation and and much of my family have not been up for this conversation which I find in the spiritual community a lot of um, psychics and mediums and Mm -hmm. people that channel and stuff like that their family is not up for that conversation they come into families that are really closed anyway and Uh, She said, I don't believe in life after death. And I said, really? She said, no, nothing happens after you die. Anyway, then I had a a conversation with her about ghosts. And she said, oh, I believe in ghosts. And I said, no, you don't. She said, yes, I do. Like, don't tell me what I believe in. And I said, you told me you don't believe in life after death. And she says, yeah, that's right. And I said, well, what do you think a ghost is?
0: (laughs) I love this. I love this. Not put I two and two together, you know, like. That was <laughs> it. That's what was channeled through in this moment because that's what whoever's asking that question is wanting to hear in this moment. You know, it's like, oh, slight tweaks and what we think is weird and, and things we entertain and things we don't. It's like, this is who we are. I remember just first calling it my soul. Soul was right. so much easier than to say that, I remember I just like coming out of the closet saying I channeled was like, was scary for me. Like, you know, I remember to, oh, gosh, what are people going to think? Or is that too weird? You know, whatever. We kind of have these programs, but just letting it rip and letting it go. We all do this. (laughs) It's all who we are. Not only is it who we are, it's who we're
1: evolving into as a human society. And I'm very passionate about Um, making this conversation normal and taking it out of the woo-woo and the weird closet because this is who we're evolving into. We're evolving into a galactic psychic society where we're all communicating telepathically. We understand that we can communicate and commune with other forms of life whether it be in other um, dimensions or on other planets and uh, remote viewing will become a reality so we're on the precipice of this massive shift in human consciousness and people like you and your audience, Derrica, and, and my, my audience are the people that are leading the way for this conversation. And so we have to stop feeling ashamed or scared of what other people speak. You know, think of like that's when I'm out and people tell me, I was at my same sister-in-law the other day, the other night, her son had had an art exhibition we went back to their place and she had a friend whose brother had died. And I said to the same thing. I said, uh, have you spoken to him lately? Yeah. And he, he said, well, yes, actually. He wasn't one of those people <laughs> who said, what do you mean, spoken to him lately? He's dead, which I get all the time. Yeah. I just make this conversation normal. Like it's normal. Yeah dinner party conversation and he says yes I dream about him all the time and when he died I dreamt about him all the time and every day I speak to him I've got his photograph up and every day I touch his photograph and kiss it and I speak to him and I said so you speak to him do you listen back to what he has to say and he goes well no he's some South American so he had this accent and I said why don't you listen back and he goes oh I never thought about listening back you know I speak to him in the photograph but I don't wait for his response mm-hmm. and I'm like just because he's not in his body doesn't mean that he can't respond to what the conversation you're having with him and he goes oh thank you I think I'll do that You know, he was obviously quite open yeah. but just to allow this conversation to be everywhere you go and make it normal yeah. and my daughter sitting next to me she gets a little bit embarrassed because I do make it normal everywhere I go <laughs> she <laughs> had a she had an interview recently with yeah. these two two young boys and uh, I'm talking ETs you know and I said to her i am been talking ETs with your friend and she gets so embarrassed you know she's <laughs> like I apologize for my mother and this young man's like no it was fascinating I had the most fascinating conversation with your mother you know like <laughs> oh. make it normal open he said why do you believe in ETs and I said well in your generation like he's in his 20s you it'll be the reality of rejoining our cosmic family will happen i don't know if it'll happen in my generation um there will be a reality where we understand there's life in the cosmos um, yeah. but being a part of that galactic uh community and becoming a part of the galactic community that'll happen in your generation so you need to get uh, you know up to speed with that And he's like, really? Wow. Okay. Cool. You know. So yeah, we've just kind of got to bring it out of the closet and put it in the light and make it normal and talk about it wherever you go and not be and not be afraid and to hide.
0: It did you know that? Yeah, a breath of fresh air. I remember coming out of the the channeling closet, where it just felt so good just to be me, and then and everyone was really there to support you guys. So. You know, if it, wherever you're at in this journey, you're right where you're supposed to be. We're just encouraging you because you're here. You wouldn't be here if this wasn't your time to hear this. So encouraging right. you to just to let that out, let your, your intuition and your senses and what you're really feeling and thinking out because there's a whole bunch of us all around that can relate to you and would love to entertain this and go deeper with this because it's who we are. So let it rip, let it out. Oh, my goodness, Karen, this is so good. Can you just, for time's sake, can you give us one of your happy hacks that maybe something that Karen does whenever you feel out of alignment, you know, contrast hits something, you know, just feeling out of sorts. What is something that you do that? Well, the most powerful
1: happy hack that you can do is, remember in the bio it said educating people about their emotional guidance system. Yeah. so our emotions exist to guide us and they're what are they guiding us to well they're showing us what our bullet. because many people have spoken about how we're run from our subconscious beliefs like yeah. we have conscious beliefs and ideas and and desires but um when the shift hits the fan yeah. <laughs> you know those subconscious beliefs are what or what run us, and they they um, inspire and evoke our um, reactions and responses and emotions. So our emotional guidance system points to what we're believing. So any time you hit a negative emotion, regardless of what's happening to you, mm-hmm. it's always saying that you hold a belief that is contrast contrasting or contrary to the truth of who you are. And so, always, always, always question your stressful thoughts is it true so a thought comes up and then you're responding to that thought through an emotion so a thought like you're an idiot Um, you're a failure you can't get anything done and then there is like depression or unhappiness so when you inquire into what you're believing and you question that then you'll find that what you're believing is a lie And that is creating your happiness or not happiness, you know, like it's creating your stressful thoughts. So if you question your stressful thoughts, using your emotions to point, it's pointing at a belief. So I'm feeling bad at the moment, like just that self-inquiry. So why am I feeling bad? What am I believing to be true? Because we often don't know what we're thinking in any moment because we've got so many thoughts going, but we're always aware of how we're feeling, yeah. So people say, "How do you feel?" Oh, I don't feel good at the moment. I'm feeling a bit sick. I'm feeling a bit dizzy. I'm feeling a bit tired. I'm feeling, you know. So the feeling is always present, and uh, where it's available to us, and so that feeling is pointing at a thought. So use the feeling to go inside and say, "Why am I feeling like that? What am I believing to be true?" And that can take some work because sometimes it might be hidden. I, you know, I've done this with millions of people, but I remember doing it with someone who was very in a lot of pain Mm. and she had lower back pain and I said to her it was just over lunch so I didn't tell her I was giving her a session I said what have you been believing that what's been stressing you out lately and she's like this spiritual person oh nothing stresses me out a lot of spiritual people you know pretend to be happy because they're supposed to be Mm. and so they cover up their pain with their false happiness and so this is what she's doing I'm, I'm happy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I'm always happy. And I'm like, no, what's been, what's been upsetting you lately? No, no, nothing. So it was an argument with her to get to the crux. She yeah. said, well, actually, something did happen. And I said, what happened? She said, well, I was helping out a friend and I made all this flyers for her workshop and I was doing all this work and she came back to me and she said, I didn't ask you to do that. Why did you do all that? She got really angry with me and I was just helping her. And I said, and what did you, you know, what did you think about yourself? She said, I was just trying to be helpful and people don't appreciate my help. Bang, right? There's the thought. Mm-hmm. People don't appreciate i'm just trying to be helpful and people don't appreciate me so we looked at it i didn't tell her i was giving her a session but i said is it true and she goes yeah you know this has happened so many times before i said let's look at this is it really true tell me about times where you have been appreciated oh well there was that time oh there was that time and thought attracts thought right so you get on this momentum of thought people don't appreciate me because 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 you go in this spiral you start believing your stressful thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I took her on a different spiral because, and there was a person, we were at a function, who walked over. It was almost as if cue, stage left, walk on stage. You know, she was scripted into this moment. And she walked up to this person and said, oh, my God, I so appreciate you. You're such a helpful person, she said to my this woman I was talking to. It couldn't have been better scripted. Like she just right. bang." And this woman who was in this excruciating back pain, all that pain just instantly melted away because that underlying thought, people don't appreciate me, had been brewing and brewing and she'd been ignoring it because I'm a happy spiritual person, right? I don't look at my negative thoughts. So it turned into like she was in so much pain she couldn't walk. Uh, And so it was speaking to her, "You you need to look at this, you need to look at this, you need to look at this. And uh, when she looked at it and turned it around and stopped believing it, just, poof,
0: just, poof. I love it's, those it's, moments. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That, and so that
1: was just it over like, lunch. That wasn't even in a session. That's just over lunch, you know, like just helping someone turn around their stressful thought. But first, you've got to find it. So you've got to be honest, like really honest with yourself. If you're in pain, or you're feeling bad, then you're believing a thought and you've got to find out what that thought is. So that might be when you need to reach out for help, for someone to really dig and find out what you're believing Um, because you might have covered it up with, um, no, I'm a happy person. I don't believe my stressful thoughts. Uh, But they're there and your body is talking to you and your emotions are talking to you. It's your guidance system. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that is so good. Inquiring, going deeper with it into that Definitely. negative feeling we're having uh, physically or emotionally whatever it is there's that underlying cause okay and it always it always does lead back to some belief that is not true that is very yeah. contrary to the truth so it it, yeah. it,
1: be- it leads back to a belief that's not true but it also shows you that you are believing it you yeah. know i remember when i broke up for the first time with my second husband i was in a devastating despair And I thought it was because my husband left and I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. So I kept trying to turn that around and it didn't help my despair. And when I really dug deep into it, I wasn't in despair because my husband left and I was unhappy. I was in despair because I felt like a failure. So I was telling myself, you're a failure. You haven't managed to, like, get it together with a second husband. You're a failure. So there was this failure talk that was underpinning my unhappiness and not the fact that he left. You know we got back together again and then we broke up later. and so I looked at that, I'm a failure story and realized I'm never a failure. I learn. you know, I, I achieve, I fail and I learn. you can never fail. You can just you can just learn, you can learn. And so that that devastating um, breakup for that couple of months that we were apart, I learned so much about myself. And I learned more about this work because I was doing it on myself. So I was really digging deep and looking at what I believed and I was holding this belief about being a failure, which is probably the most devastating belief you can hold because how can you fail? You're an extension of source energy, you know, yeah. like it's the same with I'm not worthy and I'm not enough. If you are a God, how could you fail or not be not worthy or not enough? I mean, it's the most bogus thought you
0: could ever have, mm-hmm. right? And right. yeah. Can we choose
1: oh, we to believe it.
0: I, I love, I have four little kids and I'm always telling them you win or learn, babe. You win. Or yeah. Learn. You
1: win or you know, learn. Yeah. That's
0: it. There's no failing. There's no mistakes. Mm-mm. Can't make a wrong decision. We make them right. It, you know, just having these little things where I think this will be helpful when we go to shifting that belief. So we find the belief like you did the belief that I'm a failure and uh, we face it, we see it, and then we're able to then j- pivot in that moment, shift it to the truth that you can't ever fail. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> so yeah. You have these like a especially,
1: way Especially like the people that are listening to this, if you're there to help others or make a difference to others. So with everything that you fail at in life, you learn. You learn how to overcome your negative thoughts or your stressful beliefs. You learn how to overcome your circumstances and as you do, then you're, you're armed with this knowledge that you can help others with. Like how could that ever be a failure? There are so many people that have had devastating things happen to them and they become the best teachers, the yeah. very best teachers. You know, if you're talking to a teacher that everything's, they've had this happy life and everything's been perfect from them, <laughs> they're not the best <laughs> teachers. <laughs> the one you learn from your mistakes so to speak you learn from the trauma that you've lived and so so many light workers light weavers you know I have a distinction between light worker and light weaver so the light workers are people that work with the light and working for the light but the light weavers are the ones that weave the light into a new reality a new story they create a new reality not just for themselves but, but for planet earth and for humanity they're weaving the light into a new story uh, and so the people that are listening to this are the light workers all the light weavers everything that you experience gives you the ability to help another
0: absolutely yeah. we're all in this together we're all in this
1: together yes
0: i love it our message. is our our message. Our past is for our our present and and it brings us our gifts and it makes us who we are. And therefore, we're bigger and better and able to help others. I mean, I can't tell you, there's not going to be one person you meet that does not have a story.
1: Oh, yeah. Contrast. Absolutely. We come we come specifically to experience contrast. That's why we come into this dimension. I'm up for that. <laughs> give me that. People will say, why would I ever come to experience these terrible things? You say, well, why would anyone ever, you know, like want to scale a mountain and put themselves in these conditions where they could die, their fingers could freeze off, you know, people die. You know, you give yourself these challenges because you know that the, for, through the challenges you learn and and." Yeah. So,
0: mm. oh, that was well said. That was so <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much, Karen. Before you go, can we dive into that amazing? Are you giving a gift away to the viewers here? Yeah.
1: So I've got the ten top tips to lasting happiness, which is pretty much everything I spoke about, but just written out. Um, I think number one is you know to challenge your stressful thoughts, mm. and um, mm. and the thing about happiness is that happiness happens. Through um, like momentum, so we, we can get on a momentum of thought. So when you focus, accentuate the positive. When you focus on the happy in your life, the happy in your life becomes the joy because you get on this momentum of thought, where it becomes more of your default setting, um, mm. rather than going to oh, you know, we're we're marinating. In through our media system especially, to focus on the negative. Like we're just bombarded with messages about what goes wrong in this world and what's unfair and what's not right and what's cruel. And and so we're trained to focus on the negative. So you've got to retrain your brain to accentuate the positive and get that momentum of thought happening. So it's your default setting. So anything happens, you go straight to, Oh, this is going to be interesting. Why is this happening? This is going to be fun. Like yeah. it just, no matter what it is, good or bad, you just you're, you t- you retrain your brain. So, yeah, the 10 top tips is,
0: gives mm-hmm. you
1: some ideas on how nice. to do that.
0: That's a powerful document, you guys. It is right here below this video. Please do get it. Get it. Follow Karen social media her different platforms I love all of her videos I love her I love her wisdom you guys please connect with Karen get your get your worksheet below and Karen thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and all the love that you poured here into this group
1: Thank you Derica thanks for everything that you're doing to all the work that you're doing in the world you're doing a fabulous job bang up job you're doing a fabulous job dying (laughs) thank you so much
0: all right thank you guys and thank you for watching see you on the next one